Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are studying Isaiah, Yeshayahu 59, that's Parak Nun Tes. Um, and this is Saul Weinreb, the host of your podcast. In chapter 58, God just told us what he truly wants from us. Not fasting, not afflicting ourselves, not crying out in prayer, or, or so on, but... Be humble, be kind, be generous to the poor, clothe the naked, bring into your home the people that are homeless. These are the things that God really wants from us. That's what we just studied. And now, and, and, and the, the one that was speaking, the speaker in 58 was Yeshayahu, was the prophet speaking to the people in the name of God. Shayao continues to speak to the people, so he is the speaker, and um, the people he is speaking to are the people of Israel. So let's start with verse 1. Behold, the um, hand of God is not too short to save. God has the strength and the ability to save you. His ear is not too heavy to hear you. He can hear your prayers. He can save you. He can help you. Um, this should remind us of what we had in chapter 50, verse 2, where, um, where uh, God spoke. And now Yeshayahu is paraphrasing God. When God said, HaKotzor Kotzor Yodimi Pedus. Is my hand too short to save you? And do I not have the strength to redeem you or save you? This is Yeshayahu paraphrasing God's own words. It is your sins that are separating you and God. Between you and your God. And your sins have made him hide his face from you so that he doesn't hear. He can hear, he can say, but he's not because of your sins. Why? Your hands are filled with blood. And your fingers are filled with sin. This should remind us of what we learned back in chapter 1, verse 15. All the way back in the beginning, Quite a while ago, for those of you that have been keeping up with this, where he says, When you lift your hands, your kaf, your kapepayim, just like here, kapechem. Aliminaimikem, why? Because your hands are full of blood. I skipped the words that said, I'm not going to listen to your prayers. Shayao is saying the same thing now. Sifso sechem dibru sheker. Your lips are speaking falsehood. You're not honest. Your tongues are constantly speaking uh, words of, of, of um, dishonesty, words designed to hurt other people. So, someone, that, that kind of mouth that prays to me, a mouth that's full of dishonest words, words that hurt other people, that kind of mouth can't pray to me. I don't listen. I hide my ears I don't listen no one is calling out to me justly 
with 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 um with 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 righteousness. Nobody's calling out to me who's truly honest. There is no one um doing just giving out justice in a trustworthy way. But Toach Al Tohu Shav. They are relying on meaningless things. Tohu means meaningless in this context. Yeshayahu used that term several times. If we go back to verse uh, chapter 45, we see uh, not long ago we studied that together. Chapter 45, um, verses 18 and 19, where he said, um, I'm just turning to there. Alotohu uh, vira, God did not create the earth for, for meaningless things. Well, um, and then in the next verse, in, in the same chapter 45, verse 19, I didn't say to the children of Israel to search for me for nothing, for meaningless, for, for no purpose, for no reason. But but you are having trust and faith and you're relying on things that are meaningless. And you speak falseness. You are... Um, Haro here would mean conceiving, um, just, just, um, amal the oven here is, 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 amal usually means work, but here it means like, uh, uh, um, evil or, 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 or strained evil, the whole laid oven, and, and they're giving birth to, to iniquity and sin. You going into a, a metaphor, in other words, usually haro, we just said giving birth, is something something beautiful, something productive. And holade, again, the, the, so uh, is giving birth to something productive, something beautiful. Another um, uh, um, object which, which, which brings with the, the natural image that comes out when one thinks of the following object, an egg, a beta, an egg, one thinks of productivity, one thinks of something beautiful coming out of it. So in the next verse, in verse 5, Isaiah uses that but flips it on its side. These people, the people uh, are so steeped in falsehood and so steeped in, in selfishness and in dishonesty and in treating each other to take advantage of one another that the, when they produce something like an egg, which, is, which should be a beautiful thing, which should produce something nice, something wonderful, but for them, the eggs that they produce, when they hatch, they hatch um, poisonous snakes. I just, excuse me, translate it as an adder, as some kind of poisonous snake. And the things they make, the kure akobishi erogu, when they weave things, and the weaving is an image of producing things, of making something. The ultimate image that's in those days of, of when people engage in productive activity is producing a garment. But they, they weave, they weave spider's webs. Instead of making garments, they make spider webs, which mean, because a spider web traps things, traps their prey. Ha'ochel, and therefore ha'ochel mi yamus, one who eats from the eggs that they produce, receives death. Because they're eating the 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 poisonous snake, and if when it cracks open, what comes out of it is a is a poisonous snake or a viper, um, as opposed to something nice, something beautiful, something productive. 
their their webs, the things that they weave, are never going to become something nice, a nice garment. The things that they create, the things that they do, will not be productive. They won't be able to use them as clothing. Rather, maaseham, the things that they do are maase oven, are sinful actions. What do they produce? How do they make a livelihood? By chomos, by by stealing from others, by taking advantage of others, by forcing others. There, that this is this is an image that's happened. Shayao has mentioned this several times. The idea of a of a productive endeavor, producing clothing, and or producing a product that's useful for people. This is something that an action which people should be engaged in. But these people, the people he's criticizing, are, are what they produce are only designed to entrap others and to take advantage of others. Raglehem lo raya, roots of their feet run to do evil. Vimaharu lishpoch damnaki. And they're quick to spill the blood, innocent blood of other people. Their plans, when they plan things out or when they think about things, they're thinking about how to sin, how to do things worse. Their pathways, the roads they take, are roads they take to, 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 to destroy others and take advantage of others and, and, and hurt other people. They don't know the way of peace. Um... Uh, there is no justice in their in their pathways. Their roads are crooked. They their their the way they go about their lives is crooked. Anyone that travels on the road that these people pave will never know peace. They'll never get to their destination. All they'll get is twists and turns. This is why. Um, Mishpat, justice, is now in this. It's interesting because in this verse, Yeshayahu, who's talking to the people, was talking about they, them, but now he flips to us. When he talks about the punishment, he includes himself among the people. And he says, therefore, because all of the people are so evil and so, so um, dishonest, therefore, Rachak Mishpat mi menu, therefore, justice is distant from us. God's justice is not coming to us because, because He's punishing us. Below tasigenu tzedakah, righteousness shall never reach us. The tzedakah, the beautiful tzedakah, which God is going to bestow upon us in the ultimate days of redemption, it's not coming to us. Nikaver we hope for the light to come. and behold, all we have is darkness. Darkness. We are like a, um, we're hoping for, for a, a flicker of light. And instead, we're walking in, 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 in the depths of, 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 um, of darkness and, and, and gloom. We are walking along the wall, feeling out the wall in order to find our place. Because that's the only way. We feel our way through like we didn't have any eyes. We are tripping over things in the middle of the daytime as if it was dark. We are among the people that are strong. Um, we are like dead people. We are roaring like bears. We are moaning like the doves. 
We hope for justice, but we don't get it. We hope for redemption, but it's far away from us. Why? This is really important. Yeshayahu is including himself in this, right? Because our sins are many opposite you, God. And our guilt, our um, our um, evil ways are are testifying against us. Our sins are with us. And we know very well what it is that we've done wrong. I just want to call your attention to Isaiah all the way back in the beginning when he took his mission from God or right before he took his mission in chapter 6. His words were, I can't be... Um, because why? Because um, I can't take this mission. Who am I? I don't belong here. He says, I am a man of impure lips. And I am living within a nation of impure lips. Yeshayahu has the entire time always included himself both as one of the sinners, as one of the people, and, uh, and, uh, and as a sinner himself. So it's not unusual, of course, here as we near the end of his prophecies for him to include himself among those that are, are among the sinners and among the nation. And not to talk about it as if it's he's so great, but they are the problem, but rather he includes himself among the people. Now, um, he refers to the people as he. He is sinning and he is denying God. Here he's separating himself from the people because he himself, Yishayahu, honestly, was not rebellious against God. He is not denying God, but the people did. And he, the people, has turned away from our God. Remember, he includes himself among the people when he calls God our God. But when he says that he turned away from God, he means he, the people, turned away from God, but not me. Daber Oshek Vesara. He has sp- spoken in ways of oshek, which are fraudulent ways and attempts at taking advantage of others, sora ways turning away from God. Horo vihogo milev divreshaker. This is a little bit un- unusual, a little difficult to translate, but I'm going to say horo, his teachings, vihogo, and his thoughts. Horo, teaching from the same root as Torah, as teachings, and hogo from the same root as hegayon, as thoughts. Milev, from the heart, divrei shaker, of he who speaks falsehoods. Vusag achor mishpat. And therefore, because he's so treacherous and because he's such a liar, therefore he turns backwards uh, justice. Utztakom erachok tamod. And righteousness stays far away from him. Ki because truth has been tripped up in the street. You go out in the street in the market, truth, forget about it. Truth has no place there in this world, in, in the world that these people are living in. And he who does stand straight and upright and honest, he has no place in this market. You can only make it in this world if you're a cheater. If you look back uh, at verse 50, uh, chapter 57, verse 2, we see that same language being used. right? Who are the people that have peace? is the one who was upright in his dealings in his life. And it has come to a point where the truth 
is has has is gone. There's no more truth. In order to make it in this world, you got to be a liar, a cheater, and take advantage of others. And the person who turns away from evil, he gets ruined. The person who tries to be honest in business gets ruined. And God sees this. And he does not like this. Because there is no justice in this world. And God is all about justice. If you haven't learned anything from Isaiah until now, and I hope you learned that. And when God looks in this world, He sees there is no person. No one is standing up. No one is standing up to teach. No one is standing up to speak for truth and to change things. This is the third time we see this. If we go back to chapter 42, verse 28, we also have that same language. Um, I'm just turning there real quick. 42, 28. Um, Um, one second. I'm, I apologize. It's not 42. It's 4128. And God says, And I came, the Anish, and there was no man. There was no one there to, to speak wisely. And we also see in chapter 50, uh, verse 2, we see the same idea that, um, that God says that that madua um, basi why is it that I have come veinish and there's no man no one is standing up there's no person standing up for truth and he God was in wonder because there is nobody's step in the street no one is intervening no one is being mafkia no one is saying no this isn't right this isn't good and then vatosha lozra oh God said I have to bring them back so his hand stood out his arm was what won for God. And God depended on his own righteousness. Now this language, oh, his arm, I would like to um, uh, give you a couple of references so that we understand what this means. So in 52, verse 10, we, that is a similar language. God uncovered his holy arm in front of all of the nations and all the ends of the earth saw where we'll see the redemption of our God. So the arm represents God's redemption, the redemption that he comes. We see that again in um, 53 verse 1 where it says this is the nations of the world are saying who could even believe what we are seeing, the redemption of Israel in the future? And upon whom has the arm of God been revealed? So the arm of God is, is, has been used several times by Ishayahu as a reference to the God's redemption. When God reveals his hand or his arm, it means he's revealing, he's redeeming us on this world. So... So in this verse here, 16, we see something interesting. God looks and sees that no human being is ready to stand up for justice. So therefore, he comes ahead and redeems. I would like to 
go back a little and read from chapter 57 term so that we understand fully what God is doing here. This is really a very important concept. And um, before I read from 57, I'm going to read from 57 verse um, um, uh, 15, uh, uh, 16, sorry. But before that, I want to raise what the Radak has a lengthy discussion here on a perennial problem. In many cases in Tanakh and in Yeshayahu and Isaiah, we've seen that the prophets talk about the people returning to God, repenting, and that bringing about redemption. And in other places, such as here, we see almost the opposite, where it says that God looked and saw, and no human being was standing up, and therefore he decided to redeem us on his own. So what is it? Are we redeemed? Will the redemption come because, of, because we repent and come back to God? Or will the redemption come because God says, you know what, human beings aren't doing it themselves, I have to do it for them. So the answer is what we find right here. But we found it a little bit more in the open in 57, and I want to read that to you, where God said, and we just read this a couple chapters ago, so I'll be pretty quick. I won't I don't want to be angry at you forever. Right? I do not want I'm not gonna be angry forever. Right? The reason why I was mad was because of your sins. I'm just skipping through reading quickly. Then God says in verse 18 there, I saw his ways and I healed him. and I led him. And then I gave him comfort him and those that were mourning. And then God continues, I am the one who created the speech of lips. Shalom, shalom, I am bringing peace to he who is far from me and who he is close to me. So says God in Ahilim. So what God is saying, God is answering the question of the Radak very clearly. God does what he does in order to instill in us the inspiration and desire to return. And, and again, and 57 ends there by God saying, those that are evil, meaning those that don't get the message, right? And then to verse 21 there, Ein shalom omar When my God says to those that are evil and don't get the message, for them there is no peace. In other words, when the redemption comes, God will instill in us the desire to come back to Him. Something that we may not have had on our own, both through punishment and through reward, all of the things that we've been studying in Isaiah until now. And those that get the message will return and will be redeemed, even if we don't return to the last minute. Even if we were evil the whole time, but in the end we recognize what's going on and we recognize who God is and we realize and we repent for what we've done wrong and we begin to act with justice and righteousness, even at the last minute, we're welcome back. But if we don't get the message, that's when destruction comes. And that's what we're about to see in verse 17. God dressed up in righteousness like, like, like his, his armor. And, a, and, his, and his helmet was a helmet of, of, of redemption on his head. So God is dressing in this, in the, in, instead of armor and war, he's dressing in righteousness and in redemption. But on the same token, 
At the same time, the verse continues, Vayilbash big day not come to Boshas. And God also dresses in the clothing of revenge. Vayat kame'il kinah. And he's wrapped himself in a cloak of, 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 um, of vengeance. Of, uh, and and so, so what we see here is that same thing, that God comes in the future and gives us the message, and if we get it and repent, he's here to redeem us. He's here to redeem us and, uh, and, and forgive us our sins and take us back. But he's also here to punish those that won't get the message. Ke'al gimulos ke'al yishalem. Right? Just according to that, what they deserve, that is how God will pay them back. This is verse 18. Continuing on this theme. He's here to give anger to those that cause him problems. That and and the payment to those who are his enemies. To the distant lands that don't listen, they are here to get what they deserve. But they will also see out in the far west that they will see the name of God. And all the way the far ways of the east of the world, they will see his honor. Because he will flow in like a rushing river. Nahar Tsar is a, 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 a river that's squashed in its bank so that it rushes really strong. That is the wind upon which God's news travels. So we see some all those faraway places will get their just desserts, and some will get the reward because they will see God. So God is talking about the entire world, from Yisrach Shemesh, Eskavodo, all the way to the east, Mimarov, all the way to the west, will see God. And then also, Uvalitzion Goel, at the time of redemption, the Redeemer will come to Zion, Ulishavei Pesha Biyakov, and those among the people of Israel who who return from their iniquities, who return, for, repent from their sins. This is what God says. Remember, this is still the message that Yeshayahu was bringing to the people. And now he switched to God's speech. And he's speaking in the name of God himself. This is what God says. This is my promise to them. My spirit which is upon you. My words, my Torah that I put in your mouths. Will never leave your mouths, your children's mouths, from your children's children's mouths. Omar Adonai, so says God, from now until the end of time. Thank you so much for listening to chapter 59. Looking forward to studying chapter 60 together.